0: Christmas is a time of great preparation. So much preparation, in fact, that we've begun to need to outsource that preparation. I came across this sign at one of my favorite sandwich shops. Christmas is right around the corner. Let taste arrange a custom gift basket for the special people in your life. So much preparation, we're having to outsource it to other people. And the worst part about it is, right next to this sign was this other sign, a taste of summer, (laughs) introducing our new summer menu items, because nothing says panic, it's time to get ready for Christmas, like the calendar crossing over the 4th of July. Christmas is a time of great preparation, which leads us to ask every year, well, what are you doing for Christmas? If there's all these things to prepare for, we must have things to do. So what are you doing for Christmas? There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for roasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmas Christmas's long Long ago. Maybe the answer to your question, what are you doing this Christmas, sounds a little more like this. It's the day before Thanksgiving, and you're trying to to hold down the fort and protect the sanctity of our Thanksgiving holiday and not let Christmas creep in. You're trying to honor the pilgrims and all they went through to survive those long New England winters, and you're trying to just get to Thanksgiving without Christmas when all of a sudden you find yourself in Colonial Williamsburg with your family spending $75 on ice skates wondering if your Christmas budget can can withstand this pre-Thanksgiving siege. And and so eventually you get through Thanksgiving, but, but after you get through Thanksgiving, now it's time to put up the tree, except your kids want to put up the tree on the same weekend that the Williamsburg Christmas Parade is, which is the longest Christmas parade in the history of Christmas parades. So they say, Dad, can we bring the dog to the Christmas parade? And it's against your better judgment, but it's Christmas, so you don't want to say no. So you take the dog to the Christmas parade, which just happens to have every other float, dogs in the parade. So you listen to your dog, bark at the dogs, every other float in the parade. And then you come back to your house in order to decorate the tree like you were going to that weekend. And all of a sudden, your in-laws show up with their in-laws who are those people? These are your in-laws, in-laws, and now they're at your house. And right as your house descends into chaos, you're thinking, oh, my house is in chaos. I haven't even faced the crowds of Grand Illumination yet. And the crowds of Grand Illumination are right before the argument about who blew the budget. And that's before the argument about what we're going to wear to Christmas Eve, which is before you even get to Christmas Day at all, when you have to decide whose grandparents are you going to first, which, which grandparents get to give the gifts, and how much much they get to spend on the kids, and by the end of the day, you're exhausted, and you just want to go home, and your phone rings, and it's your mom saying, can you just swing by Suzanne's? It would mean so much to her. So you say to your wife, why don't we go by Suzanne's? Your wife says, who's Suzanne? You say, she's my cousin, and your wife says, I didn't know you had a cousin named Suzanne. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean for that to get so biographical. And at some point in the midst of it all, we all begin to resonate with the great Christmas philosopher of our age, Ellen Griswold, who once said, I don't know what to say except it's Christmas and we're all in misery. (laughs) Have you ever wondered if there's a better Christmas question than what are you doing for Christmas? Is there a better question than that? I believe there is, and I believe we can find it in Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, at this first Christmas, Joseph is not presented with a list of things to do. He's presented with a list of claims to consider. You see, the question of the first Christmas was not what are you doing for Christmas? But what are you going to do with Christmas, Joseph? What are you going to do with this claim that your fiance is is pregnant and though you thought she was unfaithful, that God has appeared to you and said that what is conceived inside her is from the Holy Spirit and you shall call the son Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. For this is Emmanuel. This is God with us. What are you going to do with Christmas? What are you going to do with the God who was with us at Christmas? You see, the claims of Christmas are really threefold. The first starts with God. The idea that there is an unseen mover behind all of the movement you encounter in this world. That there is an unseen organizer behind every organism that you see That there's an unseen artist behind the artistry in every sunset and every mountain range you've ever set eyes upon. But that's just the first claim of Christmas. The second claim of Christmas is not just that there is a God, that that this God is with. That this God, as part of his very nature, has a quality that might be described as withness. You see, theologians and different religions, they debate the nature of God. They ask questions like, is God transcendent or is God imminent? Is God transcendent somewhere out there far away that we can't get to? Or is God imminent? Is he right down here? Can Can we know something about him? Is God ideal or is God real? Is God a principle that we need to understand? Or is he real? Is he something we could touch? like a flower in our garden and the claim of christmas is that the transcendent has become imminent the ideal has become real the unseen has been unveiled as god has punched a heaven a hole from heaven to earth at christmas but there's even a more radical claim than god and even a more radical claim than a god who is with, and that's this, God with us. You see, every other religion says we have information that will help you find your way. Every system of philosophy says we have teaching that will light your path. But God with us at Christmas is not information to help us find our way. It's a person, Jesus Christ, who is the way. Just before that last song, you saw what is known as a pieta. A pieta is an image or a representation of Mary, the mother of Jesus, holding him after he has been crucified. Artists have been pondering this scene, the mystery and the majesty of this scene for centuries. What was going through Mary's mind as she held her dead son? Famously, Michelangelo sculpted a Pieta. It looks like this. It's just to the right as you enter into St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. And it's stunning because as you're walking into the most magnificent building you've ever set foot in, rather than look up at the 100-foot-tall ceiling... Or look across at the the grand expanse of the narthex. Your eye is caught by by this statue just off over in the corner, just to the right. And looking at Mary's face, wondering what's going through her mind. The beauty of her flowing dress contrasted with the terror of a dead Jesus. Michelangelo was well known that, that he was that he marveled at this scene. And this was not his only sculpture of the Pietà. He sculpted others and drew others. This is a, another one, a drawing that he did. And on this one, it's hard to tell in the picture, but but he, he wrote something on the beam of the cross. It's actually a quote from the literary masterpiece, The Divine Comedy, by Dante. It says, They don't, Think how much blood it costs. You see, Christmas is not about the mighty God in a manger. It's about the God of all compassion receiving the curses of humanity on a cross. Jesus did not come at the risk of his life, he came at the cost of his life. And so the question is not what are you doing for Christmas? But what are you doing with Christmas? What are you doing with this claim of God with us at Christmas? In the Christmas story, there's a remarkable aspect of Joseph's life. I read you a piece of the Joseph story earlier, and maybe you picked up on this, but Joseph doesn't say anything, he's silent not just in this section of Matthew. In all four Gospels, Joseph is not a man of few words. He's a man of no words. He only listens. Our final song calls us to listen. Entitled, Hark! The Herald Angels Sing. Sometimes in the 21st century, the meaning of the word hark can be lost on us. But hark means, listen, hark, listen, hark, the Herald Angels Sing. Listen to the claims of Christmas. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, Jesus our Emmanuel. Hark, listen, and then ask, not what am I doing for Christmas, but what am I doing with Christmas? And I invite you to consider taking your faith and placing it in Jesus Christ, the God with us. Taking your trust, whatever it is you're putting your trust in, and transferring it over to Jesus Christ because the God who was with us in Jesus deserves a response. And so what are you doing with Christmas?